Uh, we are going to be talking to Robin Gnall from Mothers Out Front today, our new guru. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from my undisclosed location here in Columbia, Missouri. Joining us from his undisclosed location in Kansas City is Philip Frasica running the boards. As always, Philip, say hi to the nice folks. Hey, good morning. Or whenever you're listening to this, remember we're trying to be agnostic about the uh, the <laughs> about the times on this because we want to present the illusion that we're talking to these people directly, right? My apologies, hello, podcast world. Yeah, enough for enough for my production notes. We have a lot to get to today. We have Robin Gnall, who I have got to know. Uh, she is um, what? What is your position with Mothers Out Front there in Kansas City, Robin? I am the um, co-team leader. Co-team leader. And mm-hmm. you, are, you are, yes, joining us from Kansas City. Is that right? That's right. Great. Uh, well, welcome aboard and, and congratulations on becoming a renewed guru. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like kind of, you know, because I, I really want this conversation to be an introduction to our listeners about you and your group. Uh, so tell us a little bit first about your background and what drew you to doing some of this work about climate action. Sure, thank you. Um, Well, and first, I just wanna first say thank you guys for all the great work you do and uh, congratulations on getting through another legislative session. So we appreciate having you. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it reminds me, I need to kind of give an update uh, to our supporters about um, the good things that uh, we got passed and the bad things that we got stopped. Uh, which is which is good news, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a it's quite an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I'm actually uh, from Kansas City originally, but bounced around between Kansas City and St. Louis mostly growing up. Um, lived a few other places as well. Um, have a undergrad in civil engineering, but it wasn't really until um, about six years ago now, um, that I was, a uh, um, you know, staying home with my two daughters who were four and six and, um, became increasingly concerned, um, about, uh, what was happening to their future as, um, and, uh, just felt like, uh, I needed as a mom to do what I could to try to help us get on a better path. And so, um, you know, I, I realized that, you know, no amount of individual action I took at home was going to move the needle enough. And that what we really need to do is, is, um, you know, change some of these systems that are creating these issues and, um, and uh, uh, polluting our environment and accelerating climate change. So um, I felt like there must be other moms out there that felt like this, that were concerned about this, that wanted to be able to, um, you know, have us move towards cleaner energy since that's such a big, you know, part of this problem, um, but didn't know how. And so I started looking around for, you know, I thought surely someone's thought about this and is trying to organize moms to, 
to help be a, a voice for change on this. And I, I think it was just a Google search. I found out about Mothers Out Front had just started up a year or so before out in Massachusetts. And their um, mission was to do exactly what I was you know, trying to figure out how to do, um, bring moms together in their own communities to um, be a presence where decisions are being made um, at the, mostly at the local level, but now they've, they're big enough in some states to do a lot of work at the state level too. Um, and just be a voice for um, moving us in a better direction and moving us towards clean energy specifically. Um, and so I uh, started the first, uh, I was living in Southern California at the time where my husband's from. Mm -hmm. And um, the, I asked if I could start up a chapter in California because they were in Massachusetts and Virginia and New York at the time. Yeah. So I started that and then ended up moving back to Kansas City two years ago um, and um, connected with some other moms here uh, that have similar concerns. So just before the pandemic started, we decided to start up the first chapter in Missouri. So we're working mostly um, with, uh, like I said, at the local level uh, with Kansas City, Missouri City Council um, on um, some you know policies to help us move towards cleaner energy. Great. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to get back to the organization at first. I am interested. I did not know your, your education background as a civil engineer. Um, I'm really curious because <clears throat> it seems like, I mean, it's something I don't know very much about. I couldn't do a calculus problem mm -hmm. to solve, save my life, but I mean, were, did you, did you have any interest with all of this then? Um, because I mean, it is a really important component of understanding utilities and understanding energy to, to have that kind of background. Um, yeah, you know, actually that is kind of why I went into engineering in the first place. Um, I, I went in to study environmental engineering, um, wanting to um, pick a career that would allow me to, um, you know, do something good to leave a better earth. Um, uh, and I worked for Burns and McDonald here in Kansas City for oh, a few okay. years after college. Um, but I just, huh? <laughs> we've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, I just was not super passionate about engineering. Um, it just wasn't, um, <laughs> it just turned out to be, um, yeah, not really, um, I guess, yeah, something I was, um, well, well suited for. So I, um, I ended up moving over to IT. Um, and, you know, that's kind of been my area of, you know, career focus since then, except for the time when I took off to be a full-time mom. But, hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. but definitely that was part of why I went into engineering. <laughs> you talk about engineering kind of like I talk about private practice. Mm -hmm. um, so you, so you, uh, I mean, I think that you can, you can achieve more like doing the work we're doing now than you could just working on individual projects and things. Yeah. Um, sort of this. Okay. So this chapter, okay. Moms out front. Is it, is it connected to any other larger national not-for-profits or is it a standalone group? It's a standalone group. Okay. Mm -hmm. As there are a lot, I mean, cause you hear in the news a lot about a lot of like kind of uh, organizations focused, organized by, um, you know, kind of maternalistic for lack of a better term interests. I think about gun control issues. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some groups about that, but so this is, 
So this is just focused on kind of saying we want to leave a better world for our children. And that's kind of our driving force for that. Yeah, it's a, and they're, um, you know, specifically focused on a, a swift and just transition to clean energy. Right. Yeah. And okay, so you started this organization, you started a chapter in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how, I mean, so kind of, so kind of, I'm just kind of curious, and we can talk about that not only from your California experience, but from your Kansas City experience. I mean, what, for someone listening who might be interested in this, I mean, what's the first, when you, when you contact them and say, I want to do this, I'm interested in this, then what happens? Like, what do you do then? How do you find people? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the that's the hard part. But um, the great <laughs> is getting it off the ground. Um, but that is what uh, where Mothers Out Front really um, shines is that they uh, they coached me, um, and um, they are all about moms tapping into their networks and building a really uh, movement from the from the grassroots up. Um, by just moms inviting their friends or relatives or neighbors, um, usually to a house party. Uh, we haven't been able to do house parties since um, the pandemic yeah. hit. Right. So they've been some Zoom parties, which aren't as fun as going over to someone's like house. All day. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we've managed to start up. I mean, I'm really proud of what we've been able to do over Zoom in the last year and a half or so. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, um, they, they have um, uh, people that coach uh, moms who are interested in starting up teams in their own community and guide them. And it's not a one size fits all. It's not one policy they're pushing throughout the whole country. It's up to each individual team to figure out what's the issue in their community that's going to resonate and um, going to help move the needle. Um, so, yeah, it's really started by, um, you know, me finding one or two other moms who were interested in getting this going. And then we each had house parties to invite people that we knew who thought might be interested in helping. And then, you know, a couple of them would host house parties and it just grows really organically like that. Yeah. So you get this coaching from um, uh, the, I guess, the national organization. I don't know if there's a I mean, I imagine California has got some, some pretty big um, networks for this. Do they not? Or was it still pretty new back then when you started there? Yeah, I was the first one oh, wow. so, to start it in California. So trailblazing. <laughs> um, so like, OK, so you you tap into your networks. I mean, I'm assuming like mm-hmm. some groups you're a part of your friends. Um, and so they, they come to your I mean, back in pre-COVID days, they come to your house and I mean, so what is it that they, I mean, so what is it that you just start, do you talk about it like from a general viewpoint? Do you talk about like, hey, look, here's a specific thing. You know, we're all very busy. We all have a lot of things going on because that's the kind of people that are going to be attracted to a group like this. Do we focus on one like kind of specific thing or do we talk about this from a broader perspective? It kind of depends on, you know, when you're first starting out, um, you may not have a specific issue that you're tackling yet. So mm-hmm. it's more, um, you know, uh, we have uh, parts of our, our members of our team who are trained to be what we call house party facilitators. So mm-hmm. um, everybody comes and um, we facilitate about an hour and a half, two hour discussion 
presentation and discussion. We try to make it very yeah. interactive. So we're not just talking at people um, about, you know, just to level set everybody on, you know, just a little bit about climate science, um, just to make sure we're all working from the same sheet of music. Right. Um, and a little bit about local impacts. How is this affecting us? And then have a discussion about what can we do here in our community? Where, um, where is there a need? Um, what are people's interests um, in, get, in getting involved? And in? but if you already you know have a couple um, issues going on, then we would talk, get into more of that, educate about um, what those issues are, and then explain, you know, that you don't have, none of us have to be experts in this. We, there are already people like you and, you know, others that are the, um, the real experts in, in policies, but we, um, you know, we can, we can organize ourselves, we can hold events, mm-hmm. uh, we can be on social media promoting um, policies, and um, we can be establishing relationships with our city council people and, and being, you know, becoming a regular presence. So. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, like one of the things I know is that people, when they think about climate action, climate change uh, policy, well, they think, Oh my gosh, this is a global issue. This is a national issue. That is very complicated. But you realize exactly. like things that you can do at your, at your municipal level, at your County level, which is a little more tangible for people. Don't you think? Absolutely. I, making it tangible and concrete um, around where you live is kind of the secret to getting people, uh, making them feel like they can make a difference because that's, that's how I used to be too. I was concerned, but I just felt like, well, this was something that the president and the, you know, yeah. needed to take care of. And I, I you know, I just kind of hoped that, <laughs> yeah. that our federal leaders would get their act together. And then when that wasn't happening, Right. Um, I mean, and this was even back, you know, a long time ago, but um, then I just thought I got to, you know, figure out some way to help move the needle. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, uh, I was never involved. I didn't know who my Congress people were. I didn't know who my city council people were. I was not engaged <laughs> citizen. Most um, people weren't though, right? And yeah, <laughs> most of us are not. We're just trying to raise our kids and get through each day mm, and go to our building. jobs and, you know, yeah. hope. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, you know, but now it's uh, once you kind of get in, you know, a little bit active and it's, um, it's, it's fun to be a part of the process and, um, to go and give, you know, we, we, we coach moms on how to give a public comment at a city council meeting oh. or um, how we can share our story about why, you know, why is this important to me as a, one of your constituents? Um, and um, so, yeah, um, so that is, that is really what we are, you know, really about is showing other moms, grandmas, aunts, allies, that there is a role for everybody to play. And it doesn't mean you have to be an expert. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so that's kind of the, the general starting point here. I mean, I, I do, I do have a couple of dumb questions I want to ask. Um, first of all, to be a part of this group, do you have to be a mom? No, no. do not. <laughs> Men are welcome too. Okay. okay. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, well, you know, I mean, I, cause I understand like it also, there's a certain comfort level when you have a shared experience with the people that you're in a group with. I mean, I know that there's a tendency to say like, well, you know, we want to make sure that we're all inclusive of things, but there's also, 
I mean, if you if you are a mom and you have kids and you have the same motivation for something, I, mean, I think, and this might be a little controversial, I think there's something to be said about the fact that you're all, you know, kind of joined by a common motivator. Mm-hmm. And so as a dad, like I'm a dad, uh, but I, you know, there's a different, there's a different vibe to that, I think. Right. And so, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, but are most of the people that are in your, like, let's say your Kansas city group, are they, are, they are moms. They are people that are, you know, uh, kind of motivated by that, by what, what world they're going to leave for their kids. Yeah, I would say yes. Um, but uh, I, I don't want people to feel like if they're not a mom, they can't yeah. be involved oh, um, because yeah. Yeah, I want, I want everyone to know that's my opinion, not yours. And if you need to cancel anyone, <laughs> be me. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of moms, yeah, if, uh, if they see people that they, you know, identify with doing this sort of thing, they're more likely to um, see themselves. Um, yeah, that's that's right. I mean, so when you move to when you move to Kansas City, um, and here's an, I mean, so okay is your, cause Kansas city is a big, I mean, when you think about Kansas city, that's, that can mean a lot of different things. That can mean two States that can mean multiple towns. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this the Metro area? Is this Kansas city, Missouri? Um, how do you delineate that geographically for what you do? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, yeah, we're on, right on the state line, but, right. um, so that presents a unique challenge, but yeah. we started out, um, as you know, a few moms who were in the city limits of Kansas City, Missouri. Right. And so it's better to start at, you know, with a local level city council. Um, right. Um, than to try to go much bigger than that at first. Yeah. So that's where our, our main focus is. Um, yeah. But we've also um, been, you know, we've also. Uh, submitted comments to the KCATA, um, who um, has been considering, you know, electrifying the more buses, and that's more that, of a regional. That's the transit authority. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kansas City <laughs> Area Transit Authority, I think. Yeah. Um, so you know, they represent the whole region, but um, but we have moms that are outside the city limits. We have moms on the Kansas side, moms yeah. on the Missouri side. So. Um, uh, right now we're, our focus is largely Kansas city, Missouri, and then, you know, a couple of the regional efforts happening, but, um, it, you know, hopefully down the road will grow enough that, um, we could have moms in, you know, teams start up in different cities around too. Right. So or throughout the rest of the state. <laughs> well, and we will get to that. Uh, <laughs> um, so you're with your focus on right now, it's Kansas city. Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure we're saying that right. Like the city of Kansas City. Right. Um, which is pretty big. Yeah. There's city council, a lot of committees, a lot of commissions. Um, and is your focus on kind of advocating before city council? Do you, I mean, you talked about the transit authority. I mean, are you also focused on other, like, I mean, cause like there's all these other people that like kind of report to city council. I mean, what, when you say like, okay, we're going to focus on, like, we're going to come up with like how we're going to approach things. I mean, when you're thinking about that, where are you thinking about putting that focus as far as a governmental, uh, governmental body? 
Yeah, well, it, it kind of depends on what was going on. When we first started up our team, they were in the process of looking at the building code update, which they do every six years. Yeah. So that seemed like a good thing to jump onto. It was already, you know, the Sierra Club and um, you know, the Green Building Council and folks like that were already working on that. And so we just, you know, joined that effort to um, and, and had meetings with city council people um, and city staff to say, hey, you know, we really want you to adopt the, the building code without watering it down. And actually, the, the 2021 building efficiency codes getting ready to come out. So maybe we should just hold off and, and adopt that one when it comes out instead of you know, watering down the 2018 code and then waiting six years and then maybe doing the 2021 code. So, um, you know, that the city was not used to having uh, community members get involved in that. And um, so when they had their public input meeting, they ended up having to get bigger room because they <laughs> weren't expecting yeah. <laughs> um, What's the public members doing? to show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's great. But those are really, I mean, those are really sophisticated, complicated things that you're talking about here. So, I mean, as part of your part of the training that they provide people, uh, is that is that trying to help them understand? And I can barely understand how these building codes work. I mean, you, you get into the weeds like that. Or are you kind of talking about more aspirational things? How does that? How do you kind of focus on what you're going to say on those topics? Well, we can, you know, we, we um, work closely with the um, people who are more in the weeds with the policies. So the Sierra Club and even Sierra Club had um, building code experts, you know, prepare white, you know, fly or a one pager about the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's, I guess we, we come at it from a more of a high level of, we know, um, with 60 some percent of of the um, emissions in our region coming from buildings they say that um, that making buildings more efficient is a key part you know at least going forward um, of um, bringing our emissions down and you and using electricity less electricity so we don't have to be experts in um in the weeds there that we, you know, we just join with the folks who are the experts who have done the analysis to show, um, you know, that it's still cost effective to build, you know, buildings with these new codes. So. So it's safe to say that if anyone wants to join your group or set up another group, they don't need to be intimidated by some of these uh, more nuanced policy positions you take. No, they do not. Right. And so, yeah, so that's a good example of some of the stuff that you've worked on. And I think, you know, like, and we kind of monitor that and work on that. I mean, those, I think there's been progress made in Kansas City. There's been progress made in St. Louis on that. That's really positive. Um, what are some of the other issues uh, from your, from your group? Well, first of all, how big is your group? Let me ask you that right now. Sure. Well, we have, a, we've connected with about 200 people so far in the community and we have a core team of eight um, moms that we meet every two weeks and we you know plan events and mm -hmm. plan house parties and um, yeah. you know figure out strategize and so yeah. yeah 
Right, that's great. And so, like with this, with these two hundred people you're connected with, this core of eight uh, moms that you're talking about, what are what are kind of some of the top things you're all working on here in Missouri right now? Well, we're really excited that Kansas City, Missouri, is um, just about to kick off their first update to their climate plan in thirteen that's, years. That's, that is exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and we were, we were also part of, you know, um, speaking up for the city to move ahead with their plans to do that um, mm-hmm. last year. Right. So, um, so yeah, so we are excited to participate in those, um, you know, meetings coming up and help shape um, a good, um, a good update to that plan that's, you know, based on what's possible today and, um, and hope to, to have that be a model for other, other cities in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we are working also um, with the city on their fleet electrification plans. Right. Um, you know, kind of the same with the KCATA, um, yeah. you know, encouraging them to go more electric. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working, you know, in talks with the, the city staff and, and folks about, um, just to make sure the city is still moving in the direction of electrifying the fleet, um, and moving away from, you know, investing more in compressed natural gas and that infrastructure, um, mm-hmm. because we want money to be invested in, um, not expanding fossil fuel infrastructure, but, you know, right. putting it towards clean technology. So. Um, in your kind of initial communications with the city on that, I mean, is there, is, are they, and the, the transit authority, are they receptive to that? Um, the transit authority seems very receptive to that and mm-hmm. has come out publicly um, in just the last few weeks, you know, introducing the first electric buses and talking about expanding um, you know, to more, you know, moving in that direction. Um, and, um, and now the city is also, um, I, I think, um, shifting towards more electric, um, as well. So, um, there was, uh, uh, an issue that came up, um, earlier this year where the city was going to, um, plan to build a new compressed natural gas station um, in, you know, lower income neighborhood in Kansas City um, and spend, you know, fair amount of money on that, you know, when the city's budget was already being hit with the pandemic and uh, the neighbors that were going to live near this didn't want it. So we got involved to, um, to, to stand with those neighbors um, in saying, you know, we don't want this built in our neighborhood and why do we need to be spending money on this at all <laughs> when, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> the city said they were going to move towards an electric fleet. So, yeah. So how did that, I mean, is that still ongoing that, that battle or has that been, did you, did you, how, how did that, has that turned out? Has that ended up? In I, some- I think things are going in the right direction according okay. to, um, you know, the, city manager and um the um that so calling, sorry no. huh? <laughs> I said that was me calling sorry yeah yeah <laughs> um I think it was CVS but um <laughs> uh 
Um, so, so yeah, I think that um, as far as I, I haven't seen anything come out publicly, I think they're um, coming, they should be coming out with a new um, plan for how they plan to electrify the fleet and with a um, earlier date in mind than what we've heard before. So, well, yeah, because it's the thing. Like, I, you know, I, I, you know, I think, like, especially with the cities, there's a lot of well-intentioned rhetoric that you hear from city council, from the mayor's office, and then you see what their plans are, and you you sit there and you think to yourself, like, wait a minute, like that doesn't have anything to do with what you said in the speech last week. <laughs> And I, you know, I have to, and I know that there is like kind of a uh, disconnect or I've found there's been a disconnect between politically elected leaders and staff at these places. And, you know, staff kind of has been, you know, in a lot of cases they've been around, they kind of feel autonomous to a lot a little bit. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's important for like groups like yours to kind of develop relationships and kind of have a line of communication with non-political leaders too, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, are you referring to you know city staff and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we think um, that's very important, and I know you know they're often very well intentioned too, and that you know we just want to um, be another presence and another voice. Um, they um, to make sure that you know the decisions they're making are are the ones we want to see and good for our kids. And um, if they don't hear from anyone in the public, sometimes, you know, they don't know <laughs> that, That's right. um, that there's anything good. wrong yeah. with what, what they're, um, planning, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's really what we, we want to do is just be an ongoing presence, have those, you know, build those relationships and let them know that there is community support behind, Sometimes these are really tough decisions that get a lot of blowback from, yeah. you know, special interests and in the gas industry. And hmm. so they hear from, <laughs> <laughs> I, we know that they, they hear a lot from them. So we've got to be there too and play our part and show that there is strong community support for them uh, maybe making some of these tough changes. Yeah, because gas is, I mean, like, I think that is, I, I think people kind of, uh, underestimate the the, um, the I, I guess for lack of a better word battle that's that's probably ongoing now that's going to start accelerating that um, you know groups like ours kind of align with like electric companies and with um, city planners and that sort of thing that we want to see more electrification we see opportunity with EVs we see opportunity with like you know trying to um, get new advanced appliances and products into homes and businesses. But there is an entire, <laughs> uh, very powerful, pardon the pun, uh, industry, mm -hmm. natural gas utilities. I mean, look, look, Spire is a group that we work with very well. I mean, energy efficiency is a big thing to our group. It's not really reflected in our um, name, but you know, we believe the best kind of, as you said earlier, uh, the best kind of renewable energy is energy you don't use. And that's very important. I um, mean, we work with them really well on that and in and, 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 and kind of increasing their energy efficiency programs. But, you know, in the end, gas is becoming a big focus for like your national group and for uh, your chapter. I mean, so, so what are some of the other gas issues that you all are focused on? Yeah, well, um, I guess I'll 
share one story of um, just before really our team was even forming, um, you know, first of all, when I moved into our house, which is over a hundred years old, mm -hmm. um, immediately smelled gas, didn't smell it when we had the inspection, but you know, right. Yeah. But, you know, Spire ended up finding four gas leaks in our basement that we had to fix. Oh, yeah. And um, and, you know, when the plumber was out fixing it, he tried to make me feel better by saying, oh, don't worry. You know, half the houses in your neighborhood wouldn't wouldn't pass a pressure test. Oh, <laughs> Meaning, like this is a common thing. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah which didn't make me feel any better <laughs> as a mom concerned about um, the climate crisis. Yeah. But um, so, you know, anyway, got those fixed. But then uh, in January of last year, um, had a big gas leak just a block away that I smelled, mm -hmm. you know, I was out on a walk and uh, my neighbor, who uh, is a, another mom friend at our school, you know, said, you know, she'd been trying calling them for a year and trying to get it fixed because it was out by their driveway near one of their big trees. And um, sometimes when they were inside their house, they could smell the, the gas. And, you know, once I drove by their house with the windows up and I could smell the gas inside my car. And, you know, we, it, we ended up, um, you know, contacting our state representative and, and then, you know, within a few days they were out there fixing it but you know I just thought well this isn't this isn't right that you know a, a leak that was this big should be allowed to just keep yeah. leaking especially near big trees and it was outside of the entrance of the high school and mm -hmm. um so it just kind of made us think you know um like in other states where I where I lived in southern california and in states on the east coast gas companies are required to publish maps of, of active gas leaks on their website um, and also explain, you know, what the plan is or isn't to, to fix them. Um, so we put in a request to the Missouri PSC last year that they look at doing that and, um, and then, you know, didn't hear anything for a year, but then, um, you know, they've just, um, they are now actively exploring. Oh, okay. Um, having gas companies um, make that more information more transparent to the public. Um, so, um, yeah. No, I mean, because, yeah, it's not, because it's not just a climate issue. I mean, one of the things that we always try to emphasize is energy efficiency. It's an indoor air quality issue too, which mm -hmm. you're talking about half the houses on your block. I mean, according to this person you spoke to, I mean, that's obviously, you know, coming from them and not, we haven't scientifically tested this yet. Right. I mean, that's a significant problem uh, <laughs> yes I, mean, I don't want to be captain obvious here but that seems really bad yes yes um it's it, it's uh, very uh concerning and um and yeah like you said not just for climate reasons but um you know now they've been, done studies showing that um kids that live in a house that's got a gas stove um mm -hmm. are 42% more likely to, to, um, suffer symptoms of asthma. Yep. Um, and, um, when we moved in, I, um, changed our stove out to an induction stove and love it, <laughs> not burning fossil fuels Ew. in my house. Yeah. Great. Um, every time I cook. 
So, you know, I, I think we're hoping that we just want to better understand um, the extent of the issue here in Kansas City. You know, there's some old neighborhoods around here and some old pipes. And I know that Spire's been, uh, you know, replacing a lot of them, but we just think that it's something that the public deserves to, um, to know more about. And, you know, and like I mentioned for trees, um, we've got a lot of beautiful old trees here and, and tree yep. canopy is, is important to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's been shown that, um, you know, they've done studies in um, Massachusetts, I think that said that, you know, trees, street trees that die were 30 times more likely to have been exposed to methane in the soil from gas leaks um, throughout our gas um, distribution system. I not even thought of that. That's wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it's also about protecting the trees that, you know, we love for their beauty and for the way they improve our quality of life in our neighborhoods, but also because we need them to store carbon. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of benefits to having trees in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, if you have any information on that PSC docket or that in, uh, what they're doing, I'd like to share that with our, our um, supporters, and I'd like to get that out on the email we're going to send on that. We'll talk about that. Okay. Uh, later. Um, one, some of the other things, like I know we're kind of, uh, you know, kind of getting the last couple minutes of our time. What are some of the other issues that or projects that your group is working on? Um, well, um, I guess. I, when we think about it at a, at a, at a high level, um, you know, we're, we are, cons- we are definitely um, watching what Evergy is doing with their integrated resource plan and yep. hoping to see um, that they uh, are going to be retiring more coal plants early. That's a huge part of the emissions here in you know, Kansas City and St. Louis and throughout the state, probably. Um, so um, to the effect, to the extent that we can help be a voice um, on that, we plan to do so. Um, right. And, you know, we want to make sure that as we, um, you know, thinking like a little longer term, as we do have this shift, this, the shift to clean energy is a huge opportunity for our communities. And we want to make sure that um, it's done so in a way that um, that benefits, you know, not just utility shareholders, but benefits our communities too, and right. doesn't create um, additional utility burden on them. So um, we are part of a coalition um, called Bill Power MoCan that I think you guys might be too. Yep. Um, <laughs> to are. help, yeah, you are um, to um, you know work uh, to try to make this transition, you know, like I said, you know, benefit, um, all the communities and not just those who can afford, um, solar panels and electric cars, but that it benefits everybody. Accessibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a big, big part. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know, yeah, we're, we're pretty deeply enmeshed with the RP process. Uh, there's a sustainability transformation plan that's been filed over on the Kansas side that we've, work with Dorothy Barnett's group on another group mm-hmm. crew. Uh, and um, I see real positive things. And I mean, plus uh, the, the big news from last 
week. Oh, Philip, I ruined my illusion. I, I, I addressed last week. The securitization bill was passed by both chambers as being sent to the governor. And I have no doubt Governor Parson will sign that. And we will, I think, see more uh, as far as what you're talking about, seeing that those, um, those power plants coming up with plans to shut those down earlier. Yeah. Faster. I yeah, so. I mean, I, I, you know, I, there was a map that I saw about um, the rates of COVID in Kansas City, Missouri, and the zip codes that had the highest rate of COVID happened to be the zip codes that were closest to the Hawthorne coal plant. And I don't know if there's a correlation, but it definitely affects the air quality there. Yeah. And we know that, um, you know, I, air pollution is a, is a factor in in um, in the rates of COVID. Is there a map that I mean? And oh, this is going to sound really dumb. Is is there is there a website where you are able to identify that, or is that a study you've read? And I'm I'm interested in this now. In the rate in the COVID rate, or yeah, the COVID. Yeah, rate. yeah. Um, okay. I can send you the link to that. Um, I mean, it's just data that was out there somewhere yeah. <laughs> but um mm -hmm. already learning a lot talking to you oh great <laughs> great <laughs> uh, i mean this is no this is really good um and i guess it kind of you know if people wanted to i, I guess i kind of want to ask this in two parts i'm going to ask an initial part if you want to join your group and join your effort mm -hmm. how should how can they do that they can go to our website. So mm -hmm. Mothers Out Front has a national website and our team has a page. So you go to state and local teams and get to our page and there's a sign up page on there. So once you sign up there, then one of us will reach out to you. Um, and so, yeah, if anyone is interested in, you know, um, doing something like this in their own community um, in Missouri or Kansas, um, we'd love to know and love to talk to you if anyone's interested in our area and just getting involved in what we're doing. We'd love, you know, we're always looking for, for more folks. And um, even if you have very little time and just want to, you know, be a body, you know, we just sometimes would need, you know, especially as people feel more comfortable showing up in city council meetings again, you know, need people to just show up and be a body and be a presence. Um, so it doesn't have to be a big time commitment, but we, um, but it's good to have a, a group of folks we know who are willing to, to show up. Um, and um, what's that? What's that website? Oh, I'm sorry, mothersoutfront.org. Mothersoutfront.org. That's yes. mothers plural. Mothers plural. Yep. Okay. And um, and you know even if you. Um, don't see yourself getting involved, but you think you might know other people who would like to be involved, you would be an excellent candidate to be a house party host. <laughs> where That's normal now, I hear. Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe this summer, it's, you know, maybe more of a backyard yeah. situation, or we could do over Zoom. But, um, but, you know, that's a great way for people to help out um, and help us grow the movement of, um, of concerned citizens, um, but you know maybe it's just a one and done thing that they you know they're a host and then they wash their hands of it. But maybe maybe you know one or two people that they introduce us to might be interested in getting involved. So that's a big that, way to help us too. Never know where that spark's going to be. And, right. and if, um, if I'm sitting here in Springfield or I'm sitting in St. Charles, 
And I'm thinking like, man, I really would like to, to be a part of this group and maybe have another chapter. Is that, do, I mean, would they contact you as well? Yeah, I, I think I would be a good one to start with. And then I could put them in touch um, with our national team and, um, right. and figure it out from there. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I would encourage them to reach out. I'm also, you can also find me on Twitter. If anyone's on Twitter, oh. it's at uh, Robin underscore Ganahl, G-A-N-A-H-L. Um, and um, yeah, be, and you can reach out that way too. But if you're not on the Twitters, you can always go to mothersoutfront.org. That's right. And, and we'll add that to our email that we send out uh, on this podcast as well. Um, Robin, you've been great. This has been really, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. I know we've talked a fair amount in the past couple of months and trying to, to, to uh, align our groups more closely. Um, what, what would you like to leave as a parting thought with any of our listeners who are interested in what you're doing or interested in these topics? I mean, what would you like to say? Well, um, I guess I, you know, I'd say that, like I've said earlier, um, everybody has a, a role to play in this. So if you listen to all the great folks on this podcast and think, well, that's really interesting, but I could never get involved in this. Um, you know, that's, um, that's not true. <laughs> we all have a role to play and, yep. um, we can all make a difference. Like I said, it just took a few people showing up at the building codes meeting for the city to rethink, sure. you know, their approach to, um, adopting building codes. So, um, would love to talk to you and also just, um, you know, my other parting thought is, um, that, I, I think that it is possible, you know, I've seen that it's possible for us to have a more just energy future that the um, community has more of a say in. And, um, and I just hope that Missouri can, um, can help, help get us in that direction so that moms like me, um, you know, have uh, better energy options um, that we feel good about. Um, that are good for our kids and our community. Well, you know, and I think that's great. I think I talk to so many people who don't know where to start. Uh, you know, they think they're the only ones who care about this in their community. Uh, <laughs> and then they find out there's people like you. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's people in their own neighborhoods that care about this. And I think it's just a matter of trying to make those connections, which is what I'm glad you were able to come on here and talk a little bit about how you are connecting with all of these people. So thank well, you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been great. Uh, Robin Ganahl of Mothers Out Front, where you can reach at mothersoutfront.org. And this has been Renew Gurus. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for your support. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on all major platforms. Uh, go write a review, negative or positive. It still increases uh, <laughs> uh, us in the algorithm. And share this on your social media um, pages, Facebook, Twitter, Make sure you tag, uh, you know, Renew Missouri on that, as well as Robin Canal, uh, which will also get that Twitter handle out to our folks, too, so we can spread the word. And on behalf of Renew Missouri, uh, this has been James Owen, and we'll see you next time on the radio.